0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. I'd like to give salutations to David that could make the podcast today. And he is missing out on a treat because today we are talking to the self proclaimed anxiety warrior. I wonder if he wears face paint. That'll be interesting. We can ask her that, among other things. Uh, but on a serious note, she has been a psychotherapist for over 30-plus years, and she's helped everyone all walks of life. And it's not so much just the uh, reading and just dictating what she's read or heard. She's actually lived the life. And she, her personal stories we're going to hear more about of how she was over uh, able to overcome her anxieties, and fears and what have you and how she can give us some strategies to do the same thing. So without further ado, I would like to welcome the been there psychotherapist, how to live without anxiety, Miss Elka Shoals. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you.
0: I'm glad you could make it. And you're I'm sure you are super busy now because it seems like the lexicon that we always hear about now is related to some type of anxiety like where has peace gone
1: right absolutely that's that's why i started uh, doing the talks and the books because i felt like i was consistently giving people strategies and working through anxiety
0: One thing I I will say as a little side note, and it may give people that listen to this a little anxiety, I get a lot of marketing messages and I got a message right before the call that said in less than six months, we will be in the year 2020. For those of us that have been around the globe or the Earth many times for many years, we never thought 2020 would be here and it's right around the corner. And that caused a little bit of anxiety.
1: Sure it does. Sure it would.
0: It's like, um, you know I guess we're living our life, and then I think that's probably the more important thing that i'll I'll get into, but I, I do want to back up so you can talk about your credentials and how you decided to become the anxiety warrior, and what made you specifically get into this uh this modality of helping people overcome anxiety
1: well uh, as you uh no- mentioned is that I have anxiety myself and I had it as a kid, and I didn't realize that, and we didn't talk about it, um, you know, 40, 50 years ago, and a lot of symptoms, a lot of pain and aggravation, frustration, feeling lost, feeling like I had this big secret that um, there was something wrong with me, and I didn't want to let anybody know. And then finally realizing that it had a name, and it was called anxiety, and it it prompted me to do research, to dig in, to find out how I could overcome it, and the short story is I did go back to school, and I earned a master's degree, and I'm a registered psychotherapist. I also do art therapy and EMDR, and internal family systems and what I noticed is in my practice people were coming in pretty consistently with anxiety and I thought wow and our I don't know how your resources are but we don't have a lot of resources and that's why I started doing talks and these radio shows just to let people know that there are strategies there's hope you can manage this and um there's a lot of layers and that, that also made it complicated. So I'm a practical person and that's why I I really wanted to get that message out there. So that's kind of the I guess the quick version.
0: <laughs> sure, and you're on the front lines fighting the battle, so definitely
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. And and you were saying that generations past, people didn't talk about it. And so now it's probably the first generation or the last 20 years or so that we are able to identify what's happening. And before we get into that, you said as a child you felt lost and you said that something was wrong with me. You know, sometimes we think that. And I wanted to get your opinion around that statement, something was wrong with me, because Mm -hmm. maybe a, a generation ago there was more of staying in line or coloring in between the lines and the conformity. And if you were out coloring outside the line, something was wrong with you versus today, there's more individualization, if you will, and it's okay to be different from other people. So was it more of a conformity that you feel you weren't conforming, conforming to what society was asking of you as a child?
1: Well, I think what was happening was I I entered a kindergarten and my first language is German and I always attributed it to my speech sometimes I switch my words around sometimes I I talk backwards and I thought it was because of my first language and maybe that has something to do with it however later I had a mild dyslexia though that went undiagnosed so the thing is I think what was happening is People, you know, I, I think in a way you're right about the conformity, the straight rows, the lines. And again, people didn't talk about it very much. And I think now as people are coming forward and talking about their struggles and their successes, and you're seeing it more in the media and magazines and we're writing about it, And and the big thing is to really have this conversation and talk about it. And I think that's making it, Uh, more accessible and people are realizing oh maybe I need to explore a little further instead of hiding and feeling ashamed and I think you know when you say conformity I'm almost wondering too if that was that includes expectations
0: when you when you say expectations uh, and again this could be another generational question where children today I mean I'm in the big brother big sister program so that's kind okay. of an outreach with, with and so you have some children that have their schedules probably more packed than their parents or other adults with yeah. you know every moment filled up whereas as a, in a generation ago you can kind of lay out in the backyard and watch the clouds formulate uh, would that also contribute to anxiety
1: I think it's a little bit of the opposite, and uh, good for you to be part of Big Brothers, Big Sisters. They're our charitable uh, sponsor, or partner, <laughs> so, I so I didn't know if you knew that. Um, no, I actually, uh, nature is an amazing way to connect to this planet and to be aware of self and um, the earth. I think it's the opposite, which is interesting that you said that, because one of well, not one of, but many of my childhood memories, I felt the best when I was laying in the grass, my whole body and looking into the sky. That's when I felt the best. And I I didn't feel that anxiety. In fact, I would use that to calm myself down. Uh, so, no, I think it's the opposite. So it's interesting. Though so I think, too, to answer your question, I think um, you're right. Uh, there's a lot of, layers to why we're anxious today and and i think it is the scheduling um, media social media has a lot to do with it it's not a negative thing it's just that everything's happening so fast and um, uh, we need to uh, slow down and uh, we need moments to relax
0: yeah i mean there's so many directions to go on this and I, i like to stay holistic but I can't help but compartmentalize maybe that's a male in me but I, I want to get from you you know since you have the, the pedigree and all is there a difference between anxiety and social anxiety
1: yes actually there's a few uh, and this is what I try to help people with uh, when and uh, when they come into the clinic so generalized anxiety Um, is uh, just a lot of people that are highly sensitive are prone to generalized anxiety where social anxiety is uh, a little more specific and we have uh, with that um, agoraphobia which is also Um, afraid to um, or nervous to go out. Not everybody uh, will stay in. So, you know, what I would do is talk to the client and say, okay, what is going on in your life? And um, ask them uh, where they're feeling anxious. So uh, the categories are there. though really it's about... um, being aware of what's causing your own anxiety, and, and then you can start tra- st- strategizing. So, I mean, you might have a panic disorder, or you may have a phobia, um, or you may have an obsessive-compulsive disorder. Um, and, you know, I mean, we would want to uh, figure out what, what it is that, that is making you anxious. I don't know if that's helping answer your question,
0: it It does it's probably a layered question.
1: Um, it is a layered I, I... question and um, <laughs> actually, you know what one of the things that I do talk about is that I think what's challenging around anxiety and and why a person would feel you know why you would feel um that um, that you're struggling is that anxiety comes from about eleven different places that that um I've, well, I've researched whether it's my clients or myself or or the research. And so that makes it confusing because you can maybe nail one thing and think, okay, whew, I feel better today. Then the next day you have anxiety and you use the same strategy, but it's not working, and then you're going, whoa, what's going on here? And so it can feel really discouraging, and I think it's really important that, that um you know, you can figure out these layers, and I'm happy to talk about them uh, if that would help the listeners.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Let's—I mean, 11 different places it seen that can cause anxiety in itself. <laughs> yeah, to I identify. don't mean to
1: do it that way, but you know what I notice is if you understand. What I notice is when when you can understand where this anxiety, and some of it's really simple. So substances. Uh, Like caffeine, sugar, alcohol, drugs, whether they're pharmaceutical or recreational can affect the brain and cause anxiety and and even the lack of water so some of my so you might wake up in the morning and feel like totally anxious and um, What you might want to try is have just a half a cup of water and if that's the answer Uh, then your anxiety is going to go away pretty quickly because what happens is we sweat in our sleep and when we're dehydrated, our brain will give signals to the body that are very similar to anxiety. So uh, I know sometimes uh, people... um, I had a client, she, um, she tried that technique and her anxiety went down a couple levels just by doing that so she wasn't as anxious in the mornings so that's a real simple one that that you can try and a lot of people do that and it may not take away all the anxiety however it sure can lower it
0: do you believe in that saying that how you start the day is how you're going to matriculate through that day or how you're going to end that day so
1: is that you're starting way? out <laughs> With yeah, that? and that's actually a strategy in itself. Is um, I I have a daily practice which I'm happy to share with you, and and um, I think that's very important. And my my bedside table is an anxiety warrior station, <laughs> so it has that mm-hmm. glass of water. It has my journal for practicing my my gratitude and my vision book, and it has my inspirational reading there, and it has um, you know different um, Natural remedies, so if I wake up in the middle of the night and have that feeling where I'm going, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not going to go to sleep, then definitely um, those um, are all there within reach so that I can have a good night's sleep because, of course, if we're not sleeping, that will also create uh, anxiety in our system. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I noticed here in Georgia and other places around the country that uh, in high school they start school later, and one reason was because there are pedestrian accidents in the morning, and then two, they, they realize that children, as they're growing, they need to sleep more. Yep. So the fact that school starts later, it's giving that body enough time to I uh, guess, make the, the adjustments while you are asleep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would suggest, too, um, as a parent, that uh, you would let your children sleep in if they they need to. And um, I did that uh, for my kids. Sometimes they were late for school or sometimes they missed the morning. And I know that's not very popular. However, my children were rarely sick and they also were uh, rarely sad or um tired. So sometimes we just need a day off and we need to sleep and it's just so important to to do that self-care for yourself.
0: Absolutely. And I do want to say uh, just the selfish part of uh, for me is in another life I I taught second grade.
1: Oh. So, right, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and one thing that's popular, that's why I want to get your opinion because it sounds like when you're talking about the triggers from caffeine or lack of water, it seems there's been cartoons, but I'm sure you've seen them also, that the uh, medication suggestions start in elementary school until you live out your whole life. Like every fact of life has some medication associated with that. yeah. And it's, that's how, so it seems like that's, the immediate remedy will just make a prescri- get a prescription and then your anxiety will go away.
1: Yeah, uh, and so sure there's a-, a few problems with that and, and I always tell um, or say that, you know, I'm not a medical doctor and there is, there is a place for medicine absolutely. Though I think um, we are a bit quick and I think one of the things you've got to do is really trust your body and, and trust and so a lot of my clients do come in already on medication. they've been to the doctor, and our our good doctors and I say good doctors um, well meaning uh, also want to solve the problem, though so, you know you have to listen to your body, and it's okay to try this. however, um, you know you want to really look at the strategies because what happens is and exactly what you said is the medication starts early on and then um, you know it doesn't work, so then that medication gets increased. And so by the time uh, an adult comes in, their medication is quite high and um, and they're also now getting side effects from that medication. So the cool thing is if you can, you know, a lot of parents are hesitant, so I say to you, please, please listen to your hearts If you're hesitant, your heart and body is telling you something. It's saying to pause and to do a little more research. And um, most of the time, and I'm going to say almost all the time, you know, when a client comes in, and it isn't just me, it's when you start pursuing and looking at some different strategies, you can definitely lower your anxiety. And some anxiety is okay. And I don't know if now the t- is the time, but I'd, I'd like to introduce a scale, and it's a really great awareness scale. Would that be okay?
0: Go, absolutely, go for it.
1: Okay, so um, if you can imagine zero to ten, okay, and and what's what I why I like that scale is that children, as soon as they understand numbers, they can use that scale, and they can also um, communicate to their family. So. So 0 is no disturbance. So 0 means you're calm. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy, but your body is in a calm state. 10 is that you're having that feeling of what I call short circuiting. You you can't put a thought together. It's really difficult to concentrate and you're very upset. So whether you're having stress or Your heart is pounding. It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes you just can't think. So it's that 10 um, is that scale. So what's really important is start noticing, and and I give this to you as homework, is start noticing when you're a zero and then um, when you're a two or a three or a ten. And it isn't that you have to be the same as me what's important is that you start recognizing when you're going up and down the scale and the other piece is um, and i'm just going to ask you is what would be a comfortable scale for you like would you be okay at one or are you okay at four
0: yeah i would say for me one through four i think i'm fine with Uh, i'm always looking for something to push and sometimes uh, just for business or intrinsic motivation, it, I found that the growth is outside of the comfort zone. So, comfort zone would probably be the one or two. But if I if I'm pushing or I feel that I'm pushed, then I have to be mindful of, hey, is this for my best benefit? So, it's a case by case basis.
1: Absolutely, and you know what? And that's uh, thank you for saying that because I know. Um, you know, I I was doing a talk and one of the participants, she's really happy at um, an eight. She says her anxiety motivates her and she's comfortable with it. Great. I'm not comfortable with that. So, you know, it's important just to know what your scale is and to have that self-awareness in your body. And your, your body just doesn't lie. So your body is going to be um, your barometer. It's going to tell you when you're uncomfortable and just like you said, you know, you know when you're in your um your edge and when you're being uh pushed. So and that's that's a, that's okay. So for me is um like right now I know I'm not a zero, however, I don't I wouldn't want to be because I get excited when I talk about this. So I know I'm about a 2 or a 3 and that's okay. Um, if I were to wake up and I was a four or five and I was already starting to feel that stress and I didn't want that stress, um, I start using my strategies because it doesn't take me long to zip up to 10. So again, it's like knowing your limits, knowing, you know, what you have in front of you for the day. I mean, we can plan and do our best, However, um, you know, how can we support ourselves? And one of the things I say, if I can give you two words out of this talk or two words out of my book, it's awareness, and the other one is practice, because life is practice. So um, anyway, so I hope that, that that scale would be
0: useful. It does. <laughs> it made me think of a couple of things. It made me think of uh, the saying, reason, feeling. Or lifetime. And sometimes that could be your experiences, it could be your acquaintances or people that come to your life. And I am just coming off of a severe ankle sprain just from doing something that I could do maybe at an earlier life, you know. So it was like, oh, when you said uh, your colleague or someone you were speaking with was comfortable at an eight, that may have been where I was driven once upon a time. And now that doesn't you know, that doesn't get me up in the morning. It's like your your needs or motivations change.
1: Yep. So that self-awareness is key. And I think, you know, teaching our children that um, helps them too because they when they understand the zero to ten, it's, you know, just understanding where they're at and having that conversation. And it's, again, noticing, you know, when you go out in the sunshine and that beautiful breeze is going against your face, it's like, ah, okay, I'm a one, you know, or you're chilling on the beach, maybe you're relaxing or on holidays, okay. Or maybe you're excited about something and something great is happening. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a negative thing. It's just to know where your body is at and then treat it accordingly. So take care of it. Um Another cause uh, is um, uh, physiological. So your body, it could just be, um, you know, hormones. You mentioned being out in nature. Well, when we're in nature and we're physical, um, our body and it produces endorphins, which lowers anxiety. So exercise, so many people have said that their exercise routine is the best mental health um strategy so you know making sure that um, that you keep active and also really paying attention to what you're eating and I talked a little bit about that for for substances so
0: sure I, I was just wondering when you deal with children and it's often said that children are the best teacher that yes. when you're dealing with When you're dealing with them they may be they may be mirrors of their parents and so they're exhibiting things that maybe a parent has pushed down and I was just wondering if you wind up treating them both at the same time
1: yes actually that has happened um, before and uh, whenever I do um, if children come into my practice I definitely see the parents and uh, consult with them, so it ends up more like family therapy. And you're totally right. Um, you know, if, if your child is experiencing anxiety, it's how can you best support them? And uh, hopefully, uh, you'll find a therapist or a coach that will support both of you. Because when that child goes back into the home, you want to help and support the child with the strategies that they've just learned. So, yeah, absolutely. And usually the parents uh, when that happens, they go, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to use those strategies too." So, that's <laughs> always good news.
0: So, do you uh, so you work in group settings, it sounds like?
1: Sometimes. Um, yeah. Um most of the time it is in individual, though so when children come in, then absolutely um, I'll work I'm happy to work with the families one
0: of your videos on your YouTube channel I was watching it was talking about relationships and that there's three relationships if, if you're between you and one other person there's you know your take the other person's take and then the actual relationship do you approach anxiety in the same way like when you're speaking with uh, colleagues at work from like conflict resolution to romantic interests
1: Okay. Can um, explain the question a little bit more? I'm not sure Sure. what you're asking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of, again, being layered. And so I was just looking at it from like a relationship standpoint, you know, people get into relationships with friends. It could be friends, work acquaintances, or romantic relationships, Uh right? And everyone deals with anxiety or they deal with situations differently. Have you found that it's good to, from a communication standpoint, to at least understand how people approach certain circumstances and because then I think you will find uh, more compatibility that way as opposed to you know some of the movies that we see where things go off the rails rather quickly
1: absolutely and and uh, so the way I'm hearing that too is that in a group setting uh, or and if that is a couple or a family is that helping your family members understand that um, maybe um, uh, one of you may uh, have this type of strategy and and someone else may have another strategy. And not everybody feels anxiety the same way. So if you're highly sensitive and you have highly sensitive members in your family, they're going to be more prone to generalized anxiety. It just comes with being highly sensitive. So... You know, then there's strategies for that. And yeah, it's just a, it's an understanding that everybody's going to deal with it different. And the other thing is, is, you know, we already have tools. And the fact that you and I are talking here, you know, um, on the podcast, the fact that people come in and they have professions and jobs, they're already high functioning. The fact that the kids are in school, uh, they already have strategies. We all have strategies. And what we want to know is a few things is that those strategies are healthy so that they're supportive and then understand that, you know, a strategy that works for you may not work for me and that is really okay. So, you know, it's like um, I'm, I always hope to offer like a smorgasbord and, um you know, I always welcome that people say, no, that one isn't working for me. Okay, fine, then let's try another one. And I think, again, the key is when you do your daily practice is find strategies that work best for you. And not do what I do or you do, but, um, or what someone else does is, you know, listen again to your body. If it works for you, awesome. And that's, that. then go in that direction. And The other thing is daily practice. Make sure you're doing it regular. Make sure you're taking care of yourself on a regular basis.
0: One strategy that you use is EMDR, and I'd like to know a little bit more about that for the audience and how you complement that with your, because it sounds like an alternative strategy versus the traditional psychotherapy training.
1: Yeah, and I don't tend to use the EMDR so much for generalized anxiety. I use it more for trauma. If And if somebody is really struggling with anxiety, there's a reason that, that if the anxiety is consistently intense, then, then we want to dig deeper. And um, so I tend to use the EMDR for that. I also, um, well, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of how I use it, so.:
0: okay.
1: So and post-traumatic stress, for sure, can cause um, that is one of um, the layers of anxiety. And when that happens, or traumatic memories, you really do want to seek out uh, a qualified therapist for that. But there's a lot of things that you can do on your own, um, but if you're dealing with trauma, then, then I would really encourage uh, going to uh, therapy
0: okay and and I, I want to stay there for a second when you're talking about trauma uh, because in the in the main mainstream media uh, a couple of weeks ago there's a rapper or entertainer now and he does movies and everything his name is common I don't know if you're familiar with him or not and are you familiar with him no <laughs> okay no, <laughs> worries, no
1: worries. I'm not so good with names all the time
0: oh no worries so uh, at any rate he, he he's an actor now, so he's, a, he's in this movie, and, I mean, he he was doing a press run because he had a book that just had come out, right, and it's about love and all this, and so anyway, he was talking about a, a movie that he was recently acting in, and in the movie, he had to deal with the subject matter of of, of, of abuse, childhood abuse, sexual abuse, and it was abuse from, another male and it wasn't until he was acting in that movie that it was triggered and so he mm. was like you know he's an adult now and he's like i don't even remember that happening until this movie so it was this trigger so how do you explain uh, both levels of trauma where trauma like you said uh, someone coming from a war and coming back and dealing with that versus someone that's had some trauma that was hidden many layers below the surface.
1: So when you, what do you mean? Explain it. How do you? What do you? Well, yeah. How do you? Uh,
0: one, I was just trying to understand because you know it was just huge. We we all potentially may have something that happened in our lives that we've buried, right? Yeah. If that some level of trauma.
1: Yeah. So okay. You, all right. Yeah. And. Okay. And it's not that it's interesting that you say that because at some level, uh, perhaps we all do have some kind of a trauma and it's to recognize it. So um, if you've been traumatized, let's say by clowns or by chickens, I mean, if you know what that trauma is, um, it may be easy for you or or fairly easy to stay away from those triggers if you know what they are. Does that make sense
0: it does yeah and so it-
1: so, but in a case like um you know and i and it 's interesting that you ask that because the brain doesn 't differentiate small traumas and large traumas, so we call them little t's and and big t's. Only for the cognitive mind and so so your brain might grab onto a trauma like falling off a bike and hold on to that uh, though it may not be problematic for you, and the brain this is and i I just want to encourage you too is the brain's equipped to process trauma so uh, like the the rapper, he may have processed a lot of it, and um you know until he was face to face with it again he he was triggered, so that could happen um perhaps somebody else you know you might have found that you were in a car accident, but later, years later, you talked about it, and uh it was not a great memory, but there's no charge in your body, and you're not having anxiety because your brain is uh, equipped to process trauma. but so what happens um, sometimes is, and I say sometimes, is that, you know, let's say um, our veterans, our dear veterans, they've been exposed to multiple traumas. The brain um, can't catch up. So all of a sudden, um, not all of a sudden, but the there's an accumulation of trauma and it's like a filing cabinet that that all these files just aren't aren't filed properly so and it's just too much so the brain goes on overload and thus we have uh, post-traumatic stress does that explain it a bit
0: it does thank you for the clarification
1: yeah and and I I don't want people to be worried I I took a workshop uh, a few years ago and um, it was for therapists and service workers and and uh, coaches and um, and one it was a theater exercise and it illustrated that most of us have been through stuff. <laughs> so mm-hmm. and, and I remember the instructor saying, you know, this isn't to create trauma in your life or to have you think, oh no, you know, I'm not dealing with something. It's just for awareness and um, for compassion and curiosity. So, uh, you know, if you think that something has happened and you're getting triggered and you don't understand why, then absolutely I would encourage you, again, to seek out a therapist. If you understand what the trigger is and you're very well aware of it and you can avoid it then and it doesn't wreck your life or doesn't interfere with you thriving or having a great life, then, you know, carry on. It's not that you have to um, always um, uh, go to therapy or unearth something.
0: Sure, and thanks for that. Thanks for that. It oh made yeah, me go yeah. Back I don't
1: want our listeners to worry.
0: Right. <laughs> well, it made me think of when you were saying that some people are comfortable on that scale at an eight, and
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: the negative negative connotation would be, oh, that's a drama queen. Like they always want drama. And that could be some level of anxiety, like, oh, it's too calm. I need to create something artificial so I still can have that level of of anxiety maybe.
1: Yeah, or stress. And, and it's interesting, too, because people have said, well, is stress the same as anxiety? And anxiety, that's, it's a funny word, really. Um, it means to worry about something that hasn't happened. So it's anticipatory fear and yet the symptoms can, they just, there's so many symptoms, and they range, and is it from stress, is it from anxiety? I mean, sometimes we don't know, and sometimes the anxiety causes stress, or does the stress cause anxiety? So I don't think we need to worry too much always, um, you know, um, some of the names that we use, and and I think that's the same with post-traumatic stress is, you know really again, notice what your body's going through, and if you can cope with it and and I guess when I was saying about the eight, this person doesn't always stay at the eight; they just have fun there, and they they don't mind it um It's not something that you know um is regular uh for them, but again, it's again up to you and you know what it's whatever is makes you happy and And um, helps you thrive in your life so I think it's just be aware of it
0: yes I I agree I I thank you for that and when you're talking about awareness I've I've had conversations with veterans but I've also had similar conversations with like professional athletes and as you were saying the brain is uh, anxiety is something in the future tense right but the brain doesn't know because it's all happening at the present moment right so with these athletes or veterans, they were saying that when they were in that heat of the moment, you know, they felt alive. And now that they're no longer in it, be it they retired, they miss that. They miss that uh, feeling at, or living at that eight, and they feel like something missing. And, and they can't relive that on some level.
1: Right. How do you so, How do you
0: adjust to that?
1: Well, uh, presence is. Um, You know we we would talk about being in the now or being present and I think being present does make you feel alive so when we're currently present when we're really aware of where we are what we're doing that's pretty exciting so if we can get to that place and it doesn't require being on the edge of our lives (laughs) I mean, there are a lot of people. You know, they go for that. Whether they're a race car driver or parachute jumper, or they're running rapids, it's not always necessary. You might want to try being very present. Whether it's you're in your garden, whether you're cooking, whether you're with your children, that can be really exciting. So, um, and that's something I practice myself, and I encourage my clients to practice is presence. And then we don't worry because right at this very moment, life is really good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we're being present, and um, yeah, we can feel pretty, pretty inspired, pretty passionate by being present for sure. And of Absolutely. course, there's all little offshoots on that. <laughs> we could Absolutely. do another. We could do another talk on passion and being present. <laughs> Yeah, if the
0: person, if if they're not present, they're like, oh, "Where are you? Come back here." <laughs>
1: not, Absolutely, and and we do it, we do it right. We, and I think that happens is we get futurizing, and it's not, and again, it it's not about. It's okay to plan, however, but if we're living in the future, or if we're living for that next appointment or the next event, we're not being present with what's going on right now. And the now is exciting. I mean it's fun and and yeah, I mean there's all kinds of things that happen when you're present. So, you know, you don't want to miss it.
0: <laughs> that, that's a could you stay there for one second? Because there I I I constantly work on this, but I and I've run into other people, I guess we we were called type A's or capital A's, but it's like you're saying you're always living for that next win where you just had a win and you don't even appreciate that. Yep. So it's the perspective of, like you said, staying present, but how do you marry the two? Like I don't want to rest on my laurels and I still got to work on tomorrow's win. Can that be done? Can you do both?
1: I think so. I think that's the rest of that is called balance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and you know what? Again, I want to just encourage you because, you know, sometimes we get a lot on our plate and actually that's the cause of anxiety is reality and some things will cause anxiety like a job interview or perhaps waiting for test results from the doctor uh, or an exam or, you know, planning for a big, big trip. Or getting married or moving all kinds of things and again it's just knowing you know what your limits are and knowing that reality you might have some sleepless nights I had a client come in and she had so many things on her plate and I just said whoa all that would create anxiety for me and she said oh and I said you just have a lot on your plate and, and it's stressful she was trying to find a home for her kids and um, uh, different financial things were a challenge, and those are all things that create anxiety. So once she realized that it was natural to have that feeling, she just basically, literally rolled up her sleeves and said, I can do this. I said, yeah, you can. It just won't be very comfortable for a couple weeks. She goes, that's okay. I can do this. I'm okay. I I get it. I'll just be anxious for a little while till I get this sorted out. And I said, yep. So I think you know, realizing that not, what what what's the cause, and if you can see it, then you can just go, okay, you know, like life isn't always perfect and rosy and smooth. Sometimes it dumps on you, and sometimes you have to just go, okay, I guess I just gotta work at this and figure all this out or, you know, get to that exam and know that I might not sleep very well for a couple nights, but I'm going to really support myself. I'm going to eat really well. I'm going to, you know, uh, maybe take some extra nutrients and I'll get through it and just know nothing's wrong with you.
0: In the example you just gave, it sounds like uh, eating an elephant. And so you know, the popular saying of eating an how do you eat an elephant? And so how do, you, how do you help someone prioritize? Like you were saying, if I'm juggling five things. To me, they all may be equally important. How do you help a person eat the elephant without the indigestion?
1: Well, that, it's hard because I don't have the pieces in front of me. So I always say, you know what if if and again if if that's an option I'm happy if if a uh someone would say, "Okay, here's the list." So what I, what we would do is we would look at your list and just go, "Okay," um and I could help prioritize. Sometimes just having an somebody on the outside looking in can help prioritize and it could be um yeah. It could be anything. Like, I can't, like, I mean, there's so many variables, right? So if you had specific something versus something, um, I mean, if they're going to cut your hydro off uh, tomorrow, then, boy, you've got to deal with that right away. Um, If you've got a whole week, but you've got to, um, you know, get your kids to the dentist, well, then get your kids to the dentist first, right? So it's like prioritizing your timelines. And, um, yeah, I think you can do it. I, I've, I'm very positive. So I just believe we can pretty much do anything. And we always do. When you look around, people um, manage. We, we get through.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. The resiliency, I mean, when you, like you said, I, I think that's part of your daily practice with the Journal of Gratitude. You're like, wow, I'm still here.
1: <laughs>
0: I can still make it after everything I've just gone through.
1: Yep. Well, sometimes it's perspective and, you know, I look at the, like we're sitting, we're you and I are sitting at different places on this planet that's traveling 60,000 miles through space and it's held by gravity um, to the sun and we have absolutely no control of that. And that kind of puts things in perspective. <laughs> you know when I look at that and then if I'm worried about a broken truck or repairs which is just a scrap of metal is just put it in perspective of what it is so um, you know if it's uh, a child or somebody uh oh my dog's barking (laughs) hang on I'm just going to let him out anyways (laughs) um I don't know if you can cut that out or if it's necessary.
0: <laughs> no, I think the dog had some anxiety and needed to let it go. Well,
1: <laughs> you you let know, him out. He's perfect. actually, he's just a greeter. He's going out and greeting a friend. So um, he's just a really mousy dog and he has a great lung capacity. But <laughs> so is very loud. No, he creates anxiety for me sometimes, but um, he's actually a really good dog. So
0: I think that's a good point as far as leaving it in for that point is pets uh, pets in many respects can help reduce anxiety what's your position on that
1: absolutely we do an event called anxiety warrior and um, we have uh, therapeutic paws of Canada show up with teams and this year we had a horse uh, do, uh, doing equine therapy and uh, it was amazing yeah animals are truly amazing Um, just the spirit of a dog uh, calms people. I mean, sometimes my clients are just petting him for the whole hour, and he just stands there and um, takes the petting. And I've actually done uh, equine therapy and participated in it, and it's amazing how these horses respond. They have a very large limbic brain, and um, they can take... Uh, the energy and
0: um, yeah they're pretty 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 amazing absolutely I agree with you a hundred percent with that one uh, I want to ask you about uh, how things progress and so you know not too long ago there were two different lines in the sand if you were a chiropractor and you were a medical doctor and now in some respects not a hundred percent but in, in greater respects they respect each other and they often refer business to each other and they often work with each other yeah and I was just wondering as a psychotherapist do you have or are you having growing relationships with the medical community with we were talking about uh, medications and such do they seek your expertise to complement what they're offering
1: absolutely absolutely and more so now which is really exciting so mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm. I think there's a place for all of us to work together, and there's definitely, like I say, my good doctors. Um, you know, they're there to help people, and there is a place for them. So uh, we need to work together. And yes, I get referrals from doctors, and we work together. And uh, also chiropractic, naturopathic, uh, massage therapists, absolutely, because we're a whole system. So just as a car goes in for maintenance, that's what we need too. So not everybody is an expert on everything. And um, absolutely, we want to work together. And just too, when you mentioned that, is um, a lot of my clients, um, like in anxiety, whether it's anxiety or trauma, can create a lot of symptoms in the body. And um, once the mind is calmed down and the brain is healed... A lot of these symptoms go away, so um, al- always though, I um, tell clients, you know I'm not a medical doctor, make sure that you are talking to your doctor uh, they you know we do definitely work together because you don't want to miss a physical symptom and um, so yeah, definitely um, it's a um, a team relationship for sure.
0: Are you familiar with Louise Hay?
1: Absolutely. She's one of my heroines. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. Yeah. And
0: the reason why I bring her up is because as you were sh- sharing that it made me think of the book You Can Heal Your Life. Are you familiar with that book?
1: Absolutely. It's one of my favorite books. I have um, I have a few of the uh, gift editions. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's got a painting on every page. It's so beautiful. And actually a lot of people have thought my book uh, my own book um, is very similar to hers, um, not so much in content but in the cover. So, uh, with, and I I didn't know about her um, when I published my first book, but I have this big colorful heart on the front, and I think she uses um, hearts a lot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's a great fan, or yeah, I'm a great fan of her actually. And I I know she's not with us anymore though her spirits and her YouTubes and her resources. I'm sending people there a lot.
0: Yeah, it sounds like what you just said that when you said we're traveling through space that we're all connected on, on some level. You didn't know about her right at the time you were doing your books and it had a lot of uh, synchronicity there.
1: Absolutely. Yep, absolutely.
0: I love it. I love it. And <laughs> so uh, I, I, w- I want to give you this time to talk about your books and uh, Anxiety Warrior 1 and 2. I was just wondering, before you give all your information out, are there any plans to make that into a movie?
1: Um, I wouldn't think a movie because it's not so much a story. Maybe, though. Um, having said that, Anxiety Warrior 2 has uh, quite a few stories in it because people have said, um, you know, if you could do it, like I have anxiety in public speaking, wasn't on my bucket list, and yet I do it because I'm so passionate about it. I believe we can manage this, so the passion does overcome my anxiety for stepping in front of uh, audiences. Um, anyways, the stories, yes, uh, maybe, maybe about the stories. I don't know. It's a, it's a cool idea. I'm open to hey. it.
0: You heard it here first on the Intrinsic Motivation <laughs> podcast.
1: Awesome, That's
0: phenomenal. So yeah, how could how could uh, people get those books? And I, I believe you have a third book, and just to get in touch with you uh, for for uh, any type of psychotherapy working with generalized anxiety, social anxiety, or trauma, if you it'd be perfect if you could leave your information so they can get in touch with you.
1: Absolutely. So, Anxiety Warrior One and Two are available anywhere, <laughs> and that's uh, whether it's Amazon, Chapters, any of your bookstores, you can Google it, and it'll just show up. You can also, if you want to order it from me, you can. However, I think Amazon does a lot of, um, has a, a lot of uh, shipping uh, options and things. Uh, the same as Loving Your Life, um, it's available internationally. It's also um, Anxiety Warrior 1 is now also available in an audio version. So that is really cool. That just got launched this spring, and we're going to be doing uh, Volume 2 as an audio as well because a lot of people, uh, reading is um, not an easy thing to add into your life, but certainly when we're driving or we can uh, put on headphones and do something else and listen. So so that's kind of cool, and... Um, so yeah, they can pretty much if they Google it, they can it'll show up. Uh, if they want to um, uh, get into my website, uh, probably Triple W Loving Your Life book will get them to my website. Or if, uh, and there's a lot of free resources. I'm actually going to be adding more resources. You don't have to sign up for anything because I believe if you have anxiety, you just need it now. You don't need to uh, worry about um, somebody. Um, you know um or registering or anything like that, so there's resources pa- uh, on my uh, website that are free. You can just go ahead and download them um you mentioned youtube's um there's lots of youtube's uh interviews we're gonna create a, a media page so again to help people um so I we'll always help uh, in that mode of if it can help you and um you know, I encourage people to get the book because um, I, they're not very much money. And I've done that uh, by design. They cost less than a pizza. <laughs> Most people can buy a pizza. Um, you know, uh, the strategies, my editor is uh, really a phenomenal person. And um, they're, it's, they're really easy to understand. So, um, you know, you can work through some of these strategies. And if you're still stuck, totally email me, call me. <laughs> and um that's all on the website. So Fantastic. Uh, lovingyourlifebook.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza with Elka Scholz. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Let's stay in touch.
1: Yes, I would love that. And I'm um, happy to um, add more value anytime I can. Thank you so much for asking me.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. Have a good evening.
1: You too. Thank you. Uh Cheers. Bye.